Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today Katie Greenway, who is an alumna of the Walton College of Business, and Katie, if I remember correctly, you graduated about five years ago, maybe 2015. That is exactly right. And she is currently the manager market research at Smart CPG Consulting, which is division of Advantage Solutions. And she's been at Advantage Solutions for almost five years. Isn't that right? Yes, it was right where I went out of college. Katie, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's an absolute joy to be here with you. So, Katie, I want to talk a little bit about your background, but also the bulk of what I want to talk about today is your new company, Culinary Wonderings, which I was really impressed with. And for those of you who are listening, Katie lives in Boise, Idaho now, but I saw someone post something, it may have been Instagram, about culinary wonderings and I, I clicked on it and I was really impressed with what I saw. And then I saw that this is an alumna of our college and I saw that she also had some vegan dishes and I'm vegan and so I'm always looking for, for good options there. But Katie, when you were a student in the Walton College, I know that you you worked as an intern. One of the companies you worked with that I know of is Field Agent. You worked at Field Agent. Do you feel like that internship helped prepare you for the working world while you were still a student? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I was able to do a lot of different roles at that job. So I went from being an administrative assistant where I learned, you know, just a lot of office management type skills. And then I went into the uh, the quality control group where I, you know, learned all about the back end of market research, which is the the data cleaning and um, seeing how the responses come in. I feel like I learned a lot in that role as well. And then I went to a different group where I actually started on the front end of the market research, which was the scope of work development and the survey writing. Um, and all of that definitely gave me a, a great interest in market research, which is what I ended up doing at Advantage. And, you know, for those of you listening, you may not have caught it, but she started out more as an administrative assistant than an intern. And I think that, you know, it's so important for students to go for internships and start even as an administrative assistant or anything else, uh, just to get your foot in the door. And <laughs> it really worked for you. Now, you interned for them for a couple of years, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, I think two or three years. Do you think it helped you land your first job? Yes, it definitely gave me more of a vision for what I wanted to do as a marketing major. I didn't really know what I wanted to go through uh, after college, but I definitely developed a passion for the market research because it, it speaks to my creative side and my analytical side. Uh, so being able to get into the market research program at Advantage really helped me having that background and um, get me through those interviews. So you were born and raised in Fayetteville, Arkansas. You went to the University of Arkansas, which is in Fayetteville. But your first job out of college was in Boise, Idaho. That was a big change, wasn't it? 
<laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I met, actually, uh, I met the Advantage team at the Walton College Career Fair. Uh, they were one of dozens of people I talked to that day. I really liked the offering that they had because they had this accelerated career program um, where I got to be really immersed in the company the first year out. When they were interviewing me, they asked where I wanted to go. And I just said, I'd love to move somewhere with mountains. And they said, how about Boise? <laughs> and I gave it a shot and I absolutely love it. Wow, that's great. So I know you were a category analyst and a market research associate, but now you're working for a division called Smart CPG. What, how does that differ from Advantage and what, what are you doing there? Uh, well, Advantage is a national company and it's made up of lots of little different hubs. They often grow by acquiring different uh, organizations with particular skills that would help them grow as a company. So they acquired Smart maybe 10 years ago. And when I was placed into the Accelerated Career Program, I was placed into the SMART office, uh, even though at that time I was reporting to Advantage Corporate. So after the program ended, I had to re-interview with SMART, um, and they decided to keep me on as a category analyst. So you have, uh, your, your experience in market research started while you were an intern in college, and of course you learned about research as a student, market research. Mm -hmm. So you have a, quite a bit of experience under your belt now. And uh, so your new side gig is Culinary <laughs> Wonderings. You've got a website, culinarywonderings.com. And I also follow you on uh, Instagram. What made you decide to uh, start this business? Well, cooking has always been what I do to unwind. It's always been what I just am absolutely fascinated by when I'm at home. I spend all my time just researching recipes and watching people uh, who, you know, are amazing chefs. And, and your parents uh, are great <laughs> chefs, right? Yeah, they absolutely are. And so, you know, I was stuck at home during all of this quarantine. And what I did was I started cooking the world. Uh, so I, I drew a map, uh, you know, every week or so I would try to cook a from a different country. And I was started sharing some of that experience with my friends and family. And they just were always so interested by what I had to cook. I never thought what I was cooking was very interesting, but I thought, you know, with all this time, I'm channeling it into cooking. Why don't I, you know, make more of an effort to share it with people and maybe even explore it as a career passion. I didn't know you knew how to build websites. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you know, as a market researcher, I think research is in my nature. So initially what I did was I just researched. I, I got online, I, I watched tutorials, uh, I read articles, and um, I ended up choosing Wix, which is a really easy to use platform to help me build my website. And it gives you a little bit more autonomy, which I liked because I, I'm kind of particular about where I want things to look and, and flow. And so it's it's been an entirely a learning experience. I can't imagine. You also, when you're developing a website, like yours, photography is important and writing's important. And your photography is outstanding. Did you do that yourself or did you hire someone? I did it myself and I was very nervous about it because I've never been a big like social media, like taking lots of pictures kind of person. But I just decided to just start doing it with my iPhone. I, I bought a new iPhone recently, so I've got a decent camera. <laughs> and I have been using Lightroom to edit the photos. That is also something new I've had to learn how to do. I did a lot of research about how to, you know, do food photography. I still am looking forward to growing and improving in those areas. 
Uh, one of the things that I do to help me feel better is I often go to my favorite food bloggers and I scroll back to some of their first posts and I'm like, okay, <laughs> if they made it this far, then I can as well. <laughs> but you also have to, when you have a website like this, especially in your case, you also are writing, you're writing the instructions, you're writing about the dish. Uh, for example, I just clicked on miso glazed baby zucchinis, which looks really good. You write, if you are looking for a way to brighten up your vegetables, this is it. These baby zucchinis are marinated with miso, Dijon, and lemon juice. They're light and still crisp and perfect side dish for your next dinner. So you have to have short introductions like this, and then you write more about it. You said, I had a surplus of zucchini this year. Anyone who has grown zucchini will know the feeling. And, and you go on and explain it before you actually get into, okay, here's how you actually make it. Now, if you were just doing a few of those, that's one thing, but you've got five categories of vegan baking, breakfast, desserts, and drinks. What kind of a cadence are you on in terms of uh, writing these new recipe blogs? And what kind of cadence would you like to be on going forward? Yeah, I'm posting once a week on Fridays. Uh, I tried doing twice a week and it was a bit overwhelming with uh, with holidays and travel and having another job as well. So I've, I've dialed back down to once a week. And I think it's a little bit of an interesting cadence for me because I can cook more than more recipes than I can post for once a week. But twice a week was a little bit too much. When I started, I sat down and to prove to myself that I could do this. I opened up an Excel document and I made myself write 100 original recipe ideas. I figured if I could come up with 100, then that's something that I could do long term. And that's where I started, you know, dividing them into categories and planning them out, uh, planning out my posts and everything from there. So it really is a skill to write these kinds of posts because it's got to be short. It's got to be interesting. Mm -hmm. And in particular, it has to appeal to the values and attitudes of the persona that you're going after. Yeah. If you read a lot of food blogs, you may know that most people don't make short posts. I'm not a very long-winded person when it comes to talking about myself or my food. I just like to capture the attention. Um, and I think some of that comes from my job as well. We're challenged, you know, to dial down the idea of whatever we're, we're researching or, or um, analyzing into its key parts. And so I think that's what I try to do with my blog as well. So do you, in writing, there's quite a bit of writing. Have you always enjoyed writing? I actually have not. I've not always been a very big writer. And even just like uh, putting myself out there and posting about things is a little bit of a challenge because I'm not big on like social media or sharing things. So even just the idea of like creating all these social medias and broadcasting and marketing myself has been a little bit of a challenge, but you know, I'm excited about doing it. If you were to think of who would be the stereotypical persona, what would be the person that you're really writing to? I think the cook that wants to try to challenge himself to take something a step further. I'm not like, you know, 30 minute meals kind of person. Um, I really like to challenge people to broaden their horizons and take things a little bit further. I think if you can read a recipe, you can do almost any recipe, even though it may seem challenging, you just take it one step at a time. 
And, you know, I really like to explore with my cooking and try new things. That's kind of where I came up with the name of Culinary Wanderings. Well, that's great. Now, you've got a recipe in here for a drink that sounds really good. <laughs> it All of them do. Um, but this one caught my attention. It's called Smoked Sage Mojito. Mm -hmm. I, I've never tried that, but it sounds interesting. How did you come up with that idea? Honestly, it's because uh, in the house that I recently bought, there are five sage bushes. <laughs> and I was running out of ideas of what to do with all of that sage. So I, I like when I was a barista at a coffee shop, we used to make our own simple syrups. So I like creating my own simple syrups. Um, and I thought it would be really interesting to try smoking the simple syrup as well, which just meant that I lit the sage on fire before I tossed it into the sugar and water. <laughs> so you just light the sage? Yes. And then you you cover the lid really quickly so that the smoke just kind of stays in the pot um, while it simmers. So then I, I used that simple syrup in the in the mojito that I made one one summer afternoon. I see. So do you enjoy coming up with new recipes? I do. Yeah. I, I like to come up with different flavor ideas or often I will cook a dish. And then when I think back on how I would have done it differently, um, what maybe would have taken it to the next level or catered more to my flavors. So I almost never follow a recipe just just straight. <laughs> I love cooking lots and lots of recipes, but I, I almost always add my own spin to them. So clearly you're going to have to figure out a way to monetize this at some point. I think a lot of listeners wouldn't understand that process, especially uh, the students who are listening. Would you mind talking about the monetization process? Yeah, absolutely. That is something that I really researched at the beginning before I kind of decided if it was something I wanted to go after. And most food blogs actually do make, you know, quite a bit of good money after, but it takes years and years to kind of develop the audience. And the primary way that food bloggers make money is by placing ads on their websites. So you can partner with a company like AdSense, which is through Google, to place the ads on your website. Or you can also set up affiliate links like through Amazon. So you could set up like, hey, these are, this is the specific food processor I used for this recipe if you want um, to check it out. And then there is also brand deals. So that's something that generally larger um, food bloggers would get brand deals where a brand would approach them and ask them to feature their products uh, in a post. And then I know you're promoting your blogs on Instagram. Do you have other social media places, platforms that you promote your work on? Uh, right now, mostly Pinterest because it functions as a search engine, whereas like an Instagram post may be there in someone's feed for a day or two. Pinterest, you know, somebody could uh, type zucchini and then my blog uh, post could come up. Uh, so that is a much more far reaching than, than just my primary audience. So Pinterest is one of the ways that I pour a lot of work into and I, I hope to expand um, into Twitter soon. So Katie, I would imagine you've got a full-time job that's challenging and you've got your culinary wonderings business. How do you balance that time and manage your time? Yeah, it definitely is um, a little bit of a challenge sometimes, but I really want to make sure that I, you know, keep those times separate. So I mostly spend my weekends working on the food. So I will usually on Saturday uh, work on testing and writing the recipes. And then on Sunday, I will try to recreate them for the photographs. And then in the evenings throughout the week, I will work on editing the photos and writing the posts. 
um, and preparing it to go live on Friday. Well, good talking to you, Katie. Yeah, it was good to talk to you. Congratulations on your new business. Well, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me and putting me on your podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic Podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C podcast. And now, be epic.